0: Cheers! Cheers to Michael.
1: Thank you. You're delightful. We're the are the three legal musketeers now. We are We're musketeers.
2: What'd you am. call this podcast
0: club? Yeah, yeah. it's uh-huh. podcast club.
1: Welcome to the club. Yeah, like, welcome podcast to the club. club. There's two
0: rules. Okay. We'll probably be okay. a third. Go ahead. I just want to introduce the topic for tonight because okay, before I started working at this firm, <laughs> I was uh, I was a rather notorious person in the men's rights community. And they forgave you. Yeah. Well, everybody should forgive me for that. But, um, but one of the things that was like a mantra in the men's rights community to protect themselves against false accusations, they said, always be recording. And, I've made a point before that, you know, if you record, surreptitiously, mm-hmm. you could subject yourself to an extra charge. You know, it's not going to block you from being charged. You could actually end up with an extra. Actually, end up with an extra charge. Literally, <laughs> and uh, literally, there's <laughs> an inside joke. But um, so, so one of the things that we're going to talk well, the main thing we're going to talk about tonight is a case that just came out that was announced in the 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 news that was from Ottawa, Ontario, where recording became a form of fraud, and this is very important that. That people need to understand: if you're going to record, that you have to make it clear that you're recording. And so let's let's talk about this case. You, you're the one who 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 got the decision, right?
1: But it's not just recording; it's recording with consent.
0: Right.
2: Big word. Yeah. yeah. So so this is going to be a somber, non-fun uh, discussion because it's a case called Rockburn. R-O-C-K-B-U-R-N and we'll flash the citation uh, later when the podcast views. But um, Michael, why don't you set it up for us as to what were the charges that this uh, gentleman was facing and um, and then ultimately just quickly what the decision was and then I think we should dissect this case so people have a clear understanding of what the law is.
1: Well in a nutshell there were two complainants involved in this case and both exes I guess. At this point, he was essentially uh, recording, having intercourse with them in various locations. Whether it was in his truck, with another one, who was uh, in, in their bedroom. Both complainants weren't aware of this taking place. They they knew there were cameras in the household, for example, but in their minds, it was
0: well the one with yeah, the landlord. Yeah, cause yeah there in was one of the that landlord. was the bedroom, and there were cameras uh, set up throughout the apartment because they had an issue with the landlord. Right. You know entering the apartment without permission So she knew there were cameras, but she said she didn't know there was a camera in the bedroom Right, and And the other one was just in the truck
1: In the truck and in and in either cases did they agree to this filming videotaping taking place they said right and uh, What he did ultimately was took these videos and uploaded them to Pornhub. I think it was claiming he had run out of cloud storage space. It's very uh, Descriptive titles Unthought out titles Titles to
0: the videos He he testified that he didn't think out the titles very well (laughs) And
1: at the end of the day You know, Joe will get more into the details But at the end of the day The judge basically found that Well, the fact that you did not Let them know that this was happening Essentially And obtain their consent Well, I was going to say Vitiated, to use a big word Their consent
0: and he did He did plead guilty to uploading the videos right. without consent. So there's a number of different charges. He was originally right. charged with, I think, 12?
1: Something like that, yeah. So,
0: something like 12 charges, and then it got reduced down because he was pleading guilty to two, right. and they withdrew two others as a result. So this is... Originally, when we first heard about this, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that stood out is um, there's a specific crime of um, recording somebody and uploading videos or sharing videos even Mm -hmm. without putting them on Pornhub even if you just distribute the videos that is a specific crime on its own right and so so where we got concerned about this case is that the recording of the videos he was also charged with sexual assault and and there was no doubt from the videos that they were consenting to the sexual activity right the question then became does the recording of the sexual activity without them knowing it's being recorded, is that a form of fraud?
2: Right. Okay, so let's break this down yeah, now right. so everybody understands because it's really important. So, the, uh, the, so it's a case that's decided now. So there was, as you said, he recorded uh, one of his partners in the bedroom of the home where they both lived of the apartment. The other one was in a car. So he was charged with offences under the voyeurism uh, section of the criminal code which is 162 sub 1 and that says that you are uh, it's a criminal offence to record anyone in a place where you can reasonably expect privacy.
0: That would be the bedroom though not the car so
2: much. Let's just get the offences out but yes um, and but there's different provisions so, so he was charged with voyeurism because uh, a surreptitious recording of somebody in a place where you'd reasonably expect that you could be naked. And engaged in let's say sexual activity that recording without the person's consent constitutes a criminal offense under voyeurism and as you said the bedroom obviously would be a place where you would expect to have privacy to be naked but there's other sections and it could if you're in the car for example and recording you can argue under subsection C that it's an observation or recording for sexual purpose. So although it may not be, a car is not a place where you would reasonably expect that type of level of privacy. I'm trying to just not be so much of a lawyer on this. You could argue in another section that there's a surreptitious recording done of sexual activity for sexual purpose. But I just wanna frame this because this isn't so much our main focus, but those were offenses that he was facing In addition, taking the images then, the the videos, and then sharing them without consent on social media or the internet or Pornhub is another criminal offense. So they faced that. He pled guilty to a number of the offenses. The main issue here was was trying to argue that there was consent for recording. And then also, the the big question became in this case, one that we were expecting to come down the pipe at some point, and, and this is why you raised what you said, was that the Crown then argued, he was facing two counts of sexual assault in circumstances where you said very clearly, it was very clear on the evidence that these two complainants, or now we call them victims, had consent. it's very hard for that to come out of my mouth, um, had consented to the sexual activity. So in fact, they consented. So the argument here was whether... That consent was valid. Whether the consent was we call it in law vitiated. So whether it was valid is a good way of putting it because they were not informed that he was making these surreptitious recordings. And then we'll get into this other analysis where it's like, whether does it vitiate consent or is this no longer a consensual act? It's a bit well, complicated, let's, let's but it's- let's um, clarify
0: what you look at in terms of consent. So consent is in the mind of the complainant. It's subjective in terms of whether they did or didn't.
2: Yeah, so just, again, break that down for one sec. So in sexual assault, a sexual assault is, you know, a sexual act without consent. So consent is, like you said, in the mind of the complainant, but go ahead.
0: And, you know, what's in the mind of the complainant, if they don't express what's in their mind, then you can get into honest but mistaken belief, which is a whole other thing we're not gonna get into right now. Yeah, bless you. (laughs) but, uh, But also, what we're looking at specifically in this particular um vitiating of of consent like uh having the consent be not valid anymore is what is the act that you're agreeing to and what constitutes fraud so so this is something that do you want to try and break that down
1: well yeah and we've talked about this earlier today what what is the fraudulent aspect of the interaction that's taking place for example if you pretend to be a modeling scout and you're scoping out young girls and they think you're a real talent agent or modeling scout is that then some sort of fraud that and then they have sex with you is that vitiated in any way or not i think that's what you're getting at right
0: well there's there's a, a decision from a, a few years ago called hutchinson right which then there's a, a new decision that came out this year mm-hmm. uh, kirk patrick that, um, almost they they say it didn't reverse Hutchinson, but it kind of did. So, so Hutchinson was saying that when you consent to an act, you don't have the right to choose the qualities of that act, um, or the circumstances or whatever. Is like, if you consent, you can and, but then there can be fraud, but what constitutes fraud and this primarily had to do with the use of condoms right. and Then, then we had this new decision come out in Kirkpatrick that said that um, it it overturned it because they said condom usage, because one of the problems with birth control is that women can say, I'm taking birth control, but they can be lying about it. And so they didn't want to capture women who were lying about taking birth control Mm -hmm. in in the decision that they put out in, in Hutchinson now they've reversed it. And they've said that this is a qualitative aspect of the decision, but then they they put something in there to try and make women immune from it.
2: Yeah. So I think we need to spend a little bit more time to explain to everybody, um, the difference between those two cases, but you raised an important point. So this is where people may not quite understand. So agreement to sex is a voluntary agreement. Uh, to engage in sexual activity, and the consent must be present at that time. And that's generally in the mind of the complainant, um, and it can be communicated either through words or through actions. So in this case, what the Crown was arguing is that under the criminal code, that consent is no longer valid, or as they use the term in law, it's vitiated, because he obtained her consent without telling her an important factor right. that is, I, I'm recording us. Right. Yeah. And so the fact that there was a surreptitious recording without consent, the argument from the Crown ultimately accepted by the judge, was that constitutes one of those provisions under the code where you can invalidate It's a deception.
0: So they said that, that it was such an important factor that the um, sexual interaction was being recorded that it constituted a deception because of a failure to inform.
2: Yeah, so that's correct. So it's, it's a form of non-disclosure or dishonesty, um, which can lead to fraud. And then the other element is, it's important to know, there's a deprivation or risk of deprivation in the form of serious bodily harm, which results from this dishonesty. I just want to say this slowly, okay? Yeah. So in order to find a fraud- Pause. Pause. <laughs> in order to find a fraud, to invalidate the consent, you, it has to be established by the crown beyond a reasonable doubt that there's dishonesty, which can include non-disclosure of an important fact. So, one, non-disclosure of the surreptitious recording without consent. Two, can they establish deprivation or risk of deprivation of serious bodily harm, which includes psychological, psychological harm.
0: harm? Yeah,
2: and that's the slippery slope we're on now. What constitutes psychological harm
1: versus mental distress? Something's unpleasant versus
2: psychological harm. Yeah, and in this case, look, it's, it's, it's uh, he uploaded it to Pornhub. It's kind of hard not to argue that uh, that's gonna well, cause the so, person so, psychological so here's harm. here's another
0: thing too. Like We've had a number of decisions from Supreme Court that are really dangerous in a lot of ways, but I can see why they ruled in the way they did because some of these cases that go forward, they have slimy facts. And this is the case where I can see, it's it's a, a provincial court, so it's not a you know an authority, but but this is a person who well the, the judge might upload things, but things court. to Pornhub, and called them things like you know girl takes my seed or whatever. Like the, the titles to the videos were were really gross, and these are in the decisions like and it played a big role in in the way the perception of. Uh, in his explanation for why he uploaded to Pornhub, well, you know they they were really ridiculous in a way. He's saying, "Oh, well, my phone was running out of storage space, so I just thought I'll use Pornhub as storage space." You yeah, know, it's not iCloud, is you it? You can, yeah, I know. No. It, it, it's not uh, Google Drive. It's no. No. You know, so so the explanations you can see why they were rejected. So, but these cases, there are, there are other people who can be caught up in these decisions. Mm-hmm who are not in the same situation but when a case like this with with really kind of slimy facts goes forward it ends up setting law for other people that get caught up in in um because one of the reasons i love the law if something's true it's true across the board mm-hmm. but one of the things that's problematic about the law is that if a decision is made based on a case with slimy facts then it affects other people who Ultimately, it can take a long time to say,
2: our guy's do not like that. What's the old adage? Bad facts make... Right. <laughs> bad cases and bad appeals. Bad law. Bad and, law, and, yeah. And so, so what? what's really, I, I think, at the nub of this is that, you know, why I sort of um, got very concerned about this was we, we, in a previous episode, was discussing the uh, Johnny Depp case. And...
0: Uh, sometimes the recordings could be very helpful but yeah. and then they can and then there was case another verse.
2: case where the police in the United States were being sued um and there was a deposition of a police officer and she was saying you know that I presumptively believe what a complainant says um there's nothing that I always operate that the accused is guilty and then one of the questions by the lawyer in the United States was uh, well you know what would prove you otherwise? Well, unless there's like a, a video recording of the actual act, right. you know, nothing's going to displace my belief that this is uh, that this is anything other than a sex assault. So it just, you know, I know people get frightened and they can they can try and do things for certain purposes, assuming they're not doing it for a sexual purpose or to upload to, to the Pornhub. Here's an here's a case like you said where uh, a, a, another person may have, for whatever reason, recordings in their room. Um, uh, not not a not a bedroom that they share with other people. So uh, somebody comes over, and somehow that recording gets found out at some later point in time. Not distributed, not shared, but it constitutes voyeurism, and then based on these facts, vitiate consent because so, because what they said here. I just let me do this yeah. one other one. Recording is at the same risk of whether it was shared or not so it's always there that once a person has a digital recording it could be uploaded and shared so even if it's not shared it still constitutes the same psychological harm
1: and that's the scary part
2: yeah so i don't know and then i think what's important here uh, you know for as we discuss this is just to talk a little bit about this kirkpatrick and hutchinson decision and i'm going to refer to um if you, well, you want to jump in on this, slope, the slippery
0: slope—the slippery slope of what constitutes fraud. Because one of the things is like, oh, well, if you if you tell somebody I'm going to university, yeah, I'm in university, and I'm studying to be a doctor, and it turns out you're in university taking a, a lower course, what doesn't have the same amount of income to it—is that fraud? Because she's having sex with you thinking you're a doctor.
2: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: And that's one of the concerns. And then also there's a concern, like mentioned earlier, (coughs) even in terms of important issues like birth control. Well, a guy says he's going to use a condom. What about a woman who says, I'm taking birth control pills, but turns out she's not. Yeah, And they don't want women to be caught up in this
2: fraud. You know, so I think, how
0: do you how do you mitigate that?
2: Well, I think even leaving that aside, I guess what you're addressing right now, because what I wanted to look at was, and it's not so important for people reviewing this, to title these two Supreme Court of Canada cases. But one of them was about, you know, sex without a condom, uh, and, and the Supreme Court had said that's part of the actual sexual act. The person agreed to the sexual act with a condom. Therefore, if the condom wasn't used. It's not that a fraud. That was Kirkpatrick. Yeah. I, I know. I don't know if they care so much about whether it's Kirkpatrick or not. Hutchinson, they
0: said it's not. It's, it's, it's not.
2: Right. I so I'm just trying to explain the point that the Supreme Court of Canada said that the sexual act includes the condom, therefore it's a sex assault. In Hutchinson, it talked more about fraud. In other words, if somebody did something, let's say they sabotaged the condom to have inter- and had intercourse yeah. hoping to impregnate the other person, that would constitute a fraud. And it seems that what happened in Kirkpatrick. Was that they expanded the definition of sexual activity. And that's what we spoke about in a previous podcast. And we said that could be quite dangerous. This case, the judge limited that, that, that case, Kirkpatrick, and said, well, I see this as a fraud situation. But then we come back to the question is, is it a fraud? Is this something that should lead to the vitiation, do you mind porn? The vitiation of consent such that the person's now convicted of voyeurism sharing and then sexual assault and you can imagine in those circumstances you're talking about a very significant jail sentence Mm -hmm. and i'm not saying that you know the person who's the the victim of this doesn't have serious psychological harm and it's something that's on the internet and very hard to get get rid of is not deserving of a high sentence, but is you know I'm, I'm not trying to downplay one versus the other as far as the case are concerned, but from a conceptual standpoint from a criminal justice standpoint, is it necessary to convict of all these offenses? Um, or could you just simply the sharing and the surreptitious recording offense meet out a really big sentence on that one as opposed to the vitiation of consent? Like the, the concept of dishonesty, which can include the non-disclosure of important facts, and a deprivation or risk of deprivation the form of serious bodily harm, which results from the dishonesty, was always, to me, something more narrow. Mm-hmm. Something more like, you know, um, in the old days, we had the of, of a transmitted disease, for example. The HIV cases. Yeah. And those, it's different now because if the viral load is, right. is extremely low under, you, you don't need to disclose that. Perfect. Get it? I understand that. Back in the day, that might have been different when there wasn't the medication. But let's imagine there's some other disease or something else that the person has, which is not treatable, um, only manageable by medication, and it's not, it, the person doesn't talk about it, so it's not an informed consent. I get that, because there's risk of bodily harm here. Um, I think it's open to debate, and I'd be interested to hear you know from our viewers by commenting or sending in emails as to is this a situation where they have to find, where a court has to find in our, in our criminal law, has to go in the direction of saying, you know, the surreptitious recording in your bedroom of you and your partner without the partner's consent is of such a level of important fact that it it that it amounts to this type of fraud.
0: There was comment. There was comment in the the most recent case, which you know we should mention um, was kind of following the Alberta Court of Appeal on a case called A E. We should talk talk about, about that. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, but, uh, uh, there's another point I want to make first is that we have the internet now and mm-hmm. it's really important because you can be recorded in somebody's home, but also people go on the internet and they, they put out, they engage in live chats or whatever, which can be recorded by a person on their screen. People put themselves out there in all kinds of ways and then it becomes scary you know, what is that person? Did they record it? And so this is one of the harms that they talked about that they said, it wasn't just the fact that this, this individual in this case uploaded the videos to Pornhub, the fact that they had the videos and you know, the reality is is a lot of people go online nowadays, and this is so important to understand that when you, when you go online and you start engaging in these kinds of sexualized discussions, videos, you know enabled and so on that anybody can record it and the harm that they described saying it was they weren't just impacted by it being uploaded but they were impacted by knowing it was recorded
2: because there's always the chance they can be shared
0: so this is something that i think parents need to really educate their children on it's so important to for them to understand that like you know you're getting you know it's there and it's available and this is something that wasn't didn't exist when we were born right and it's it's there forever pretty much and it's hard to you never it know off. what somebody's yeah. going to do with right. it and it is important for for people to understand before they do it that you know you engage in these kind of talks you, you don't know who's recording what
2: well it's true i mean you can record over zoom you can That's record over right. skype you can rec- record over all, many of these yeah. and you, you don't, don't even know what's happening all yeah. these other exactly. apps yeah, yeah you don't
1: even know what's happening right yeah,
2: right
0: you, know, you don't but we're going to talk a little bit uh, about this decision, and, and it is a provincial court, so it's a lower court decision in Ontario. That we can expect an appeal. We're discussing, um, but it's based on a, an Alberta Court of Appeal decision from a case called A.E., which again was very bad facts. And um, so, the the Alberta Court of Appeal was looking at this case that had like a number of guys, and then this one particular girl who was involved, and there was some filming that took place. And so one of the things that they said in in the decision was that this recording, she did not sh- know she was being recorded, and they thought that vitiated her consent. Then it went to, and, and I know you have a copy of it, it went to it there went to are. Supreme Court, and Supreme Court... Boy,
2: every episode, we're getting more and more cases. It, it's it's you a like, staple. You
0: it's, it's three pages. It's yeah. three pages. Here, Michael, if you want and to and I that. love these three pages because... This is something that, that uh, you know, it's a big issue. Can you record? Can you not
2: record or whatever? No, I, I think this is the reason we all decided to do a podcast solely on this case is because we consider this to be a serious issue and how easy it is to record um, and how some people may think defensively they should be recording. Yeah, right. and, and, and more importantly, it's, I, I, think there, there, I think there's a valid discussion. There's a legitimate discussion about whether this should be a fraud. And I'm not trying to, again, impugn the, 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 the harm that these uh, complainants or victims feel. I'm just saying, is it a f-ing sex assault or is it something else? And do we need to broaden this scope of dishonesty and fraud, vitiating consent, um what constitutes fraud why Why do we need to do that
1: especially when there's any number of other offenses that he had right like there were so many offenses you can give significant sentences right for uh, the other stuff the the only time
0: the only time they get cautious is when they think women are going to get caught up in it that's seriously i'm going to tell you it's the only time when they're talking about coercive control
2: it's not about it's not about women
0: they they just don't want women to be caught up in coercive control.
2: Sidelined, sidelined. We were in court today on a motion where we're actually bringing an application for expert evidence to be called that our male client is a victim of abuse by his wife, the complainant, or his ex-wife, thank God. <laughs> um, and um, in all the material that we filed with very detailed affidavit evidence, you made a good point. Not one... Not not, not neither the Crown or the Complainance Council even bothered to acknowledge Th-
0: that. That was part of the defense.
2: That that's part of the defense. They completely sidetracked it, ignored it, tried to make sure it couldn't get in anyway. Nobody wanted to acknowledge it. So you make a very good point. And by the way, we will come back to see if we're <laughs> successful in, in this expert evidence because I think it's going to be the first in Canada. But leaving that aside, you're right. The courts are concerned only upon where it could then harm women. yeah, And and, and that's like, you know, not using birth so, control, but- So the
0: Supreme Court, uh, this case of AE, in terms, you know, we're talking about, this is uh, referred to by the recent decision in Ottawa, they said, oh, well, the, the Court of Appeal in Alberta, in AE said that um, that surreptitious recordings would vitiate consent, and I agree with them. But this went to Supreme Court of Canada, and they uh, agreed with the Court of Appeal on other grounds. What they said about the recording, we note that the Court of Appeal of Alberta addressed... Say it slowly
2: so everybody yeah. gets yeah. it. It's a good f***ing thing. I know. It's like-
0: we note that the Court of Appeal of Alberta addressed other issues in Obiter. That means just a side, side comment. Line. Including uh, T- uh, TCF's liability for sexual assault with a weapon, Whether surreptitious recording constitutes fraud vitiating consent, and whether consent to sexual activity can be given in situations involving intentional body harm, in the circumstances, it's unnecessary for us to address these issues.
1: Like seriously?
2: Explain for us, uh, you know, you've done a lot of appeal work. Right. Why sidestep it like that? So like the, that's damn, my, your take. That's what I do. I throw. Shit. <laughs> just kidding. Why, why would they sidestep?
1: They're not ready to deal with it. There's not enough cases from across the entire country to consolidate into one leading decision. They're probably saying, we're not ready. We're not ready to dance yet.
0: But they just did Kirkpatrick talking about fraud, bitchy, and consent. Why? And they're seeing this is a live issue. Why would they just say, you know what? Let's wait for somebody else to appeal it. Let's not. We know it's an issue. Nobody knows what to say about it. But Defend the Supreme
1: Court. But own. we know courts are terrified of addressing technology. So this is a new technology. They're terrified. What does this now mean?
0: But they have to decide at some point.
1: And they're saying, "For later, later, we got other
2: stuff to do.
0: Let's let somebody else get wrongfully yeah, convicted, yeah. and then we'll, we'll deal with it later.
2: If it gets up to them. Yeah. Because yeah. not everybody can afford an appeal all the way to Supreme Court again.
0: Let's, we... let's let people get convicted differently in different provinces because nobody knows what to do about it. Like how many why teenagers you, are going to get caught decide? up in and this It's analysis. not so
2: uncommon and then you have to have a build up of a particular case with particular facts to then go to the Supreme Court But they But
0: they literally say they know it's an issue and they're yeah they well are not going to decide.
2: Right. Yeah so but uh, here's the takeaway and our, I don't know how, how we're running but here's imp- an important takeaway. Can you tell I'm angry? <laughs> she threw stuff so she's a bit angry. So And I get this, again, I'm not trying to be overly critical because I I, I get it, I understand the rationale and the argument, but you know, it it was written in the AE case that, (sighs) calm, fraud needs to be interpreted in light of the values of equality, autonomy, liberty, privacy, and human dignity. It was re- it, it was decided that recording of intimate sexual activity is significantly decept- is a significantly deceptive act, and so for so therefore needs to meet the test, and particularly in this case, relied upon this analysis or this 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 rationale that the recording of sexual activity without the complainant's knowledge and consent meets the first part of slow this down. fraud <laughs> slow <down>. test. <laughs> slow down. You're right. Sorry. Yeah, slow down, yeah. Recording sexual activity without the complainant's knowledge and consent meets the first part of this fraud test because its non-disclosure is an important fact which is a form of dishonesty that involves a violation of a person's dignity dignity and privacy yes yes but it leads to a conviction of sexual assault, and maybe you know, maybe I'm it's just a maybe charge. I'm just wrong. It's a separate right. charge. We already have a charge for that. Yeah, I just I think this is a valuable debate, and it's 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 like, and know, that's
0: the weird thing in you know what? the the Rock, was it? Rock, what do you rock, mean? Rockford.
2: Uh, Rockburn. Rockburn. Rockburn, coming right
0: up. he was charged with a number of things. Only two of them were sexual assault. Rockburn, and. So only two of them were sexual assault. All the other charges were related to the recording. He was already being charged and, and pleading guilty and, and being convicted of things related to those. So... Overkill. overkill. It, it's it was overkill.
2: overkill. It was overkill. was. So let's just frame this for a moment, okay? So I, I get... You know, the Crown may say that the punishment in question is not sufficient under the provision. So just for example, for voyeurism, if the Crown proceeds... Um, by indictment and that's up to them to decide. So if it's a more serious of level of offending they can proceed by indictment and a sentence can be up to but not exceeding five years in jail. which is a long period of time in jail and what was the sharing provision? Um, that also includes something similar up to about five years of jail and I just want to see if I can get that so
0: yeah most of the charges were under 162
2: yeah and then there's 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 the sharing without consent um, here we go so it's 162 point1 publication of an intimate image without consent and then again you're looking at not more than four years by indictment okay so conceptually let's talk about this for a second I'm just dropping shit everywhere just throw it just throw it let's just talk about this for a second because i i i am in the mood for throwing (laughs) if this was a a repeat customer okay you know who had other similar offenses you you would say you know a maximum of four or five years might be just way too light forget it no way but even on a sex assault in these cases what's that going to be worth two years in jail three years in jail, maybe less, because the, it wasn't forced sexual act. It was just vitiating it. So how you quantify that by way of a sentencing, I, I think is going to be an interesting thing to see what the sentence is going to be in this case and then what the higher courts say about it. But let's say it's two years. Let's say they add on top of it a year for the other charges. You may get a global sentence of three years. Anything, anything higher than that, I think, would be reduced on appeal. Am I wrong? No, no, well, you're right. Well, I mean, right. we're
0: getting a little bit technical now, but I, th- I think the is- No, 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 I, is- I
2: think it's really important. I think this technical issue is actually important yeah. for us to have a dialogue about this. How much more do we need to label and criminalize an individual for a bad thing? I'm not saying is? it's not bad, but we have yeah. to now convict of voyeurism, mm-hmm. sharing, and two counts of sexual assault. One of the, one of the things in the- Where rock- clearly they consented to the sexual act, it's yes. the recording. So I believe in attacking the thing that you did, which is particularly wrong, and not stretching out, because I'm concerned about what else strikes at the dignity and equality rights of whoever the complainant is. I'm concerned about that as to where we go. I'm concerned because when we talk about you know where we're going about being awakened you know, to discrimination and to equality issues and, and to, and to you know, violence against women, violence against men. I'm concerned that we go too far, that a person is not subject to one, two, three, or four charges, but 10, 12, and the, and the sentences are just gonna stack up and we're gonna lose sight of what we're trying to accomplish and here. one of the things I think to be made clear with the Rockburn case is that the
0: judge did come to the conclusion that the women consented to the sexual activity.
2: They all, they said. <laughs> the f-ing witnesses said we consented.
0: Yeah, so they, they consented, there was, there was no rape going on. The right. only thing under discussion was whether or not- It was a
2: difficult analysis. Whether,
0: whether or not the recording of the sexual act without their knowledge completely negated the fact that they were consenting to what was right. being recorded.
1: And that's weird logic
2: to understand for no, most people. I, Again, I under, look. There, there. Other people will argue to us and say, "What are you talking about?" I mean, this was intricate to to my consent. I mean, let's put ourselves in the position of somebody who'd be recorded in in, in this situation or say, I, "I consented to sex with you in private."
0: Yeah. Well, if you say the word weather or something like that, then your Google phone will predict what you're gonna like. We're all being recorded all the time. So,
2: is that we're done?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think we're I think we're done.
2: I'm so unsatisfied with this My result. I, like, I, want, I want to talk about it more. Here, pick no, up your but, glasses. No, but
0: we can't because we, we're going to have to leave it up to the courts to Well, I think revisit. we should follow this. And we're going to have to wait I, for the Supreme Court to decide that they finally feel like weighing in on the, well, on, on the yeah, issue. If,
2: on last, if
1: they feel like it. If they feel like
2: it. They're going to have to feel like it on this one. But, you know, I, what was so interesting, I'll just say this one thing, and I thank our viewers um, because they were like... You are
0: going to like, subscribe you know, hit notifications and and share share all the videos.
2: But we got a lot of really great engagement when it went live. People are asking really interesting questions. Um, We've got people from saying hi from, I forgot where, from the UK, from New Zealand, from all sorts of places. And they're asking, you know, great questions. about Asking great questions about Canadian law and how it's applicable. But um, because we've been getting such great dialogue and some great questions, that's why I want this to be a larger discussion. We're going to revisit this when we see what the appeals say. And as a society, this may be where we're supposed to go. I, on the other hand, would like to construe these things much more narrowly to avoid abuses and then for overcriminalizing. And I'll just I'll just be quiet now. Thank you. Thank
0: You're you. Never Good night, quiet. everybody. That's Cheers. why I love you. <laughs> That's how they never
1: be quiet, Joe.